the torciadores quietly rolled their cigars and the despaliadoras stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves. They were entertained, informed, and inspired by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast. Stories and cigars from the exiled South. Welcome to the Elector Podcast. Hey guys, it's been a while, right, Mark? It, it has been quite a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, as they say. I've already used that once, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did on the last <laughs> one that we recorded, I think. The Miami, one of the well, That's Miami how often ones. we record, is You're in a minute. I know, I know. Um, so anyway, today we're um, we're doing something cool. We're, we're at uh, our friend Philip's house, and... We're doing what? Do, what do we call this? Because I've called it the booty hall, but I'm not sure. It's a pirate booty hall. Pirate booty hall. Pirate booty hall. <clears throat> yeah. So this is it, it's a good opportunity to talk about something that I think my wife would rather not uh, discuss is that cigars can get a little pricey. Yep. And um, what better way to bring the cost down than to buy in volume? So um, Bob, could you introduce yourself and tell us what the booty hall is? Uh, this is Bob Battle. Um, the Booty Hall is a collaboration of, of the five of us who decided that we wanted to buy cigars, uh, make fun of it, and have it be <laughs> what we call the Booty Hall. Yeah. Uh, and it gives us an opportunity to buy different cigars and try them um, and have fun uh Basically, in a lottery form, trading cigars and, and drinking some kind of a good whiskey uh, or bourbon uh, and just being friends. This is Philip. Bobby, tell us how, um, how you actually got started bidding. You bid on these cigars, right? It's an auction. It's, it's a, the website's called CigarAuctioneer.com, uh, and it is an auction. Um, and you can set parameters. Uh, they they uh, use the uh, cigars in boxes, in bundles. Uh, they mix and match. Um, they'll do flights of cigars, uh, different varying strengths and, and flavors. Uh, and then you choose the type of cigars that you want to bid on, and then you start bidding on them. And they generally last... Uh, three days per uh, item auctioned uh, and you can get into a bidding war with somebody or you can bid and be the only bidder and you and who's this, who does this again what's the company that does this cigar auctioneer.com and that's part of what famous smoke um, yeah. dot com out of New Jersey I believe okay. uh, are the uh, guys that they're big 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 distributor of cigars uh, and they use the auction site uh, as a method to um, distribute more cigars. Yeah, it's a great method. Absolutely. I, I, w- I was at a cigar shop in in Kendall the other day, and I was talking to a guy who was telling me, yeah, I smoke uh, five cigars a day. He goes, man, it's so expensive. And I told him about this, what we do, and he had no idea it existed. 
And he goes, well, I'm very particular about my cigars. And I said, so are we. we, we we're, we're pretty discriminating uh, when it comes to... Uh, you know the the, yeah. the selection that we get so and and we've got some good stuff there's some fantastic stars yeah. here so I, I think the beauty of this all along has been i mean it was born from w- we needed to cut our costs down from smoking so much yeah, and man. then it, yeah. it became this, this great way to get together but we've also had the ability to try a lot of different yeah. cigars that we otherwise may not have tried and at the same time got some amazing cigars at an amazing price and i'm sorry who are you sir this is my stronghold, my ship. You're at Philip's house. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <clears throat> uh, and, and we also have here with us, uh, pass him the mic so you can say hello. Hi, this is Angel. Yes, Angel's here with us. He's, a, he's one of our... He, we, we Usually it's... Uh, he's our angel. Oh, he's our angel. But he's no right. centerfold. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so the five of us are usually the ones who do this. And uh, in a little bit, Matt's going to join us. Uh, he, he's, he was out, but he's going to join us in a bit. Victor could not be here tonight. So Correct. I think it's Im- important to note uh, in regards to the booty hall that one of the most important parts of the booty hall, in addition to the actual cigars, is the thematic text group um, in which we all use pirate <laughs> lingo. Arg. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, well, most of it's not repeatable, as, <laughs> as would most of the language be on the high seas. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty colorful. But I, I'll say that, like, for me, when I go to the local, you know, brick-and-mortar cigar shop, um, and I buy, you know, I usually buy like five or six. It, it always ends up averaging out like six to seven, maybe even eight dollars a cigar. And when we do this, I think, I mean, it's sometimes like it's as low as three bucks a stick. You know, right. yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. On average, it's like three to four. I think we went a little over four this time because we got some some stuff that we really some wanted, special right. ones. Yeah, but read read the name brands, Bobby. I mean, it's it's phenomenal what we're getting for three and four dollars a stick. Well, yeah, it's uh, we we start out with the Romeo and Julieta Capulets, uh, the Alec Bradley. We got Perdomos. Uh, we have uh, Monte Cristos. We have PDR 1878s. We've got Olivas, Rocky Patels. Um, Romeo. That's another Romeo yeah, and, another and uh, Perdomo. Um and uh, all the major food groups. Yeah, I mean yeah. we cover it and and we try to to you know broaden our horizon by picking fun cigars that we otherwise normally wouldn't try as well. Yeah. Speaking of trying cigars we might not regularly try, this is our first time recording in 2019, um, I think. And if it's not, it is now. And um, it, this is our first time to uh, sample and and kind of. Now that the list, the cigar aficionado every year does their top 25. And so tonight, uh, Bob, you're actually smoking number one, right? I am. I'm the the EP Carrillo uh, Encore. uh, And it's a very nice cigar. Um, It's a a box press figurado. And uh, uh, it's got a very smooth draw to it. A little bit of pepper to it, uh, which is nice. Uh, But uh, all in all, it burns beautifully. uh, And I'm really really enjoying the cigar excellent so it says I, I have a copy of the cigar aficionado magazine they're they're the ones who voted the ep carrillo epe carrillo encore majestic the number one cigar of the year uh they have their top 25 here and uh this is uh, they gave this one 96 points and they give the kind of where it's from and, uh, you know, the story behind it and behind uh, uh, Perez Carrillo and how he got started. Um, one of the things, though, that's missing here, Bobby, is 
the the notes can you tell us what notes you're getting from the cigar any you know what's the aroma like what's the what's the bouquet i wish i had the talent to give you that information mm. you you put a bourbon in front of me and i'll probably be able to tell you a little more about it yeah um and cigars i love i love the uh i'm a medium to bold uh smoker this is that medium to bold uh it's certainly not a strong cigar uh but it's it's just a smooth blend that that runs well on the palate now just so, just so you know um i'm i'm we're, we're dumbasses when it comes to cigars. <laughs> I'm totally pulling your leg. And the thing is, is that we just love smoking them. And and honestly, I couldn't tell you, like uh, Phil was talking earlier about blind blindfolding, you know, getting blindfolded and tasting different cigars. I would not be able to tell you anything. And by the way, I think that a lot of the guys who say they can are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Angel, what do you what do you got there? Um, I'm smoking the same thing. Um, Get a little closer to the... This is the first cigar I have in three weeks, so my palate is completely clean. So (laughs) it's a really pleasant surprise. Um, Definitely a medium cigar. Mm -hmm. Really subtle, really smooth. Um, It's got a great drag to it. Uh, I would say the the most I get, I get a nice earthy flavor out of it. It's it's really good. It's really smooth. It's 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 really a pleasant surprise to to what it is. I was expecting it to be a lot stronger, a lot bolder, just by bite. looking at the wrap, yeah, and, and and looking at the reviews. But like like Bobby said, it's very it's it's a nice medium. It's a nice balance. It's sweet. Mm. It's good. Cool. Now, has anybody smoked any? I, I have smoked number two on this list. My father, La, Op- La Opulencia Toro. Yeah, I've had, I've had La Opulencia. I've actually had, that's a really good one. It's phenomenal. I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's an excellent cigar. But going back to the Epe, and first of all, I want Bobby, would you say Epe Carillo? Epe Carillo. Now listen to the way Marco says Epe Carillo. Epe Carillo. Ah, Ernesto, like or whatever his there first it is. name is. Perez Carrillo. No. <laughs> Yo es gringo. What, <laughs> what, what I have been told, again, no I, Marcos is correct when we're not the experts here, but that this, this Epe Carillo, he is the master roller, correct? Like, that's that's the thing that's that's what i understood that's what i'm understanding from this right up here um right that's why i i I read too a little bit yeah it says he started as a disinterested employee in the in his father's small struggling cigar business in miami it was called a credito and i actually remember smoking a credito cigars there in little havana and produced a few hundred thousand cigars per year for locals in little havana uh then it goes on that he he i guess he just grew in the business and um as far as a master roller i'm not going to read this article but it, yeah is he a master roller well that that's I what i was told so. is that that's why he's his, his cigar. Yeah, yeah and, and you know it's interesting because for me and and i know marcus and i have this conversation i think angel you you've had it with us is that you, you can have the greatest greatest tobacco in the world you can have the the worst tobacco in the world but if something's rolled properly and it and it pulls and it drags and it burns right you're, you're going to the, the experience is going to be tenfold over having maybe the best tasting yes. tobacco, but it's rolled poorly. Right. You know, you get a hole in it, or it won't burn, or it won't drag. And uh, I've I've had several of of this this Carillo cigar, the Epic Carillo cigars that he's rolled, and and they're phenomenal. Oh yeah, I've they had burn. them. They're they're great. As, they're as smooth yeah. as, as they come. Yeah. What a, what a what I enjoy out of his mostly is he's great at blending the tobacco. 
So when you when you get his cigars, you always have a nice mix. It's not it's not like a straight shot. So as you smoke through it, you get different flavors and you get different levels of boldness through it. And that's one thing I really enjoy about his cigars is just that mix that he puts into it. Here's what's interesting. Um, the factory location is in the Dominican Republic, but the tobacco on this one in particular is the wrappers from Nicaragua and so is the, fill, so the, the binder and the filler are all from Nicaragua. So it, probably from Esteli. Everything coming out of Nicaragua right now is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the Monte Cristo, all, all of them are. Because the Dominican tobacco has a, has a bite to it. Yes. It's, it's, it's spicy. It's, uh, it's different. Nicaraguan tobacco is always very smooth. I think what's making in the cigar so the tobacco so great out of Nicaragua is that soil there. They have a lot of volcanic, volcanic soil there. Yeah. And I think that adds so much to the flavor that, that you don't get from the Caribbean. You know, it, it, you, you still get a bite, but you don't have that spice that you get out of DR or out of some of the other regions. Yeah. Now, the number, the, we said number two was my father, La Opulencia Toro. Number three is, uh, by the way, that's the, uh, my father's cigars, uh, that's, uh, don't, that's Peping, right? Peping, I, I believe uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Peping Garcia. And then you have, uh, number three is the Wise Man Maduro Robusto. I have not heard of this one i've had i've had the wise man yeah uh yeah a couple of years ago i did like this cigar trade back when the the cigar subreddit was still allowed to do trades between members and um you know i think i've talked about it on the podcast but it's this really fun thing where kind of i pick out a, a few of my favorites and i i tell the person i'm trading with what i like and he says what he likes and and we trade, and, and the, the goal is to kind of overwhelm the other person with, with, you know, they call it bombing them. And he sent me, like, I think three real Cubans. Like, I sent him five. We were supposed to trade five. And he sent me back eight or nine, and there were three or four Cubans in there. And one of them was the wise man. It was excellent. It was, it was, like, surprisingly good. Well, it says here that the Wiseman Maduro Robusto has all the qualities of a standout cigar. Assertive without being aggressive, mm. full-bodied mm. without being too strong and in- and interesting from first puff to last. It's a flavorful blend that oscillates between the sweet and the savory. Cocoa and vanilla notes, for example, play off the tobacco's meaty beef stock qualities. Hey, hey this all is integrated a by show. an <laughs> ever-present earthiness. Oh man, I want a steak now. <laughs> I want a prime rib. Actually, is what I want. <laughs> We'll have a little cafe afterwards. <laughs> yeah, then number four is the Padron Family Reserve, number 44. I don't think I've had that one either. That's a, that's that, a that, very that good that cigar. That is an excellent cigar. That Padron is an awesome smoke. You've had this one, the yes. number 44? It is uh. an awesome, awesome smoke. It's, it's, it's bolder than this. It definitely is bolder than this, but it's, a, it's really consistent. It's got great flavor all the way through. I got to love it. 44? Really? The 44? Yeah. Uh, well, it's. Uh, I should remember it because I do remember having a cigar that tasted like chocolate coffee and nuts. And, and man, I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. That's what wasn't it that, was. Isn't, wasn't that chef from uh, South Park his special? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chef Salty Balls. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, we've gone completely X-rated on this. <laughs> the uh, oh, this is interesting. A Cuban. The five is uh, H. Upman Sir Winston, made in the. Uh, the by the state-owned <laughs> factories of Cuba, <laughs> that's no longer owned by H. Upman or the Menendez family or anyone else, but owned by the the Castro family. Um, but it's number five, and it's got 94 points. Uh, all everything about it is made in Cuba. I'm sure it's a fine cigar. 
the, the yeah. people's the people's the, tobacco. the people's tobacco yes so okay so we've gone through the top five from 2018 mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to keep coming back well maybe i do what's on my mind maybe uh i'm just extra price conscious right now but one of the things i want to go back to on that that carrillo that number one is that um they do put the average price on the um in the top 25 write-ups and the average price on that one is a mere twelve dollars. I think it's like eleven fifty. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I'll, I'll tell you, I've had the top uh, number one from two thousand seventeen. I think it was, which uh, it might be from sixteen even. But that was the Andalusian Bull, and that oh, one I think is God. around fourteen or fifteen dollars. <laughs> it's 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 like at the high end of that my is, price range. That's amazing. But last year's number one, I have yet to. First of all, I can't. You can't find it. <clears throat> And it's uh, the Eye of the Shark, um, Padron, I believe, right? That was last year's. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, Duro Fuente. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I had My one. Mistake. I got. I, I. I. I was able to grab one at a little cigar place on Las Olas in Fort Lauderdale by chance. Yeah. They had it. Yeah, I'm like yeah. on an email list. Hey, notify but, me when it's in but stock. But how was it, Marcos? Well. It was good. It was a good cigar. I the thing is again, I'm I'm a poor judge of of like what's better or or best or or average. I okay, so here's what happened the other day. I this was just yesterday. Um I smoked gosh, what did I smoke? I had a cigar. I'm not going to say which one it is cuz I don't remember, but also I don't want to I don't want to make it you know, bash anybody's cigars. But I had a cigar, a brand name, and I was like, that's okay. Then I found on in, in the house, I don't know where it came from, there was a little box-pressed Maduro, Toro-sized, and it had no label on it, and it was just in like a Ziploc bag. I don't know where it came from. Somebody found it and put it there. One of the kids or something, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I take the cigar, and I lit it, and it blew my mind. So the thing is, is that a cigar is yeah. the cigar that's the best one is the one that you enjoy the most. Yeah, and that's it. And this one was so good from beginning to end. And I swear, with that one, I did taste espresso, chocolate, <laughs> stuff like that. It was it was magical. It was great. And I don't know who made it. I don't know where I got it. Well, I think that's the beauty of, of cigars as a whole because it's about the setting. It's where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, right now we're we're enjoying a good cigar with with some good bourbon. Uh, and in a great setting, nice cool evening here in Miami. Uh, I have cigars that I like on the golf course. They they smoke well in the wind. They they hold up well, uh, but they they last me a good six or seven holes, uh, which are perfect. But I generally won't smoke those at night because hmm. they're more in tune for me on the golf course. Uh, rather than sitting with a glass of bourbon. So which ones are the ones you like to smoke on the golf course? Well, I like the Rocky Patel American Market. Uh, I like the uh, Romeo and Juliet at Capulet. Um, yeah. They're both really good um, golf course cigars because oh. they're, they're, they're both 660s. Uh, so they were sizable and they hold up well and they, and they smoke great. The Capulet's a hearty cigar. Yeah. yeah for sure. So I, just the one thing I wanted to say about, about last year's number one, the Eye of the Shark, and I haven't been able to get one, but I don't even know if I was able to get one if I would bring myself to buy one because they list for I think twenty six bucks. I paid twenty seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm sorry, but like, uh, like I I definitely think that I'm at the point where I can recognize the difference between a one or two dollar or three dollar cigar and like a six or seven dollar cigar. Like that, I appreciate that difference, but I don't know that I'm I'm at the point where I'm going to recognize the difference between a 
eight or nine dollar cigar and a thirty dollar cigar. <clears throat> and so the other cigar that that I keep hearing about, I don't know if it made the top twenty five for this year, but it's the uh, Davidoff. I've never had a Davidoff cigar at all in my life. The late hour. Yeah, the, the no, it's the Winston Churchill. The, the, the late hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I, so I looked it up the other day, and I was like, oh, great, it's in stock. And I go, and it's 40 bucks. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm not ordering that. M- Mark, I actually have a couple of those. I'm going to give you one. Trust I, me, you're going to know the difference after you smoke it. Well, well, and then that is actually a listeners, really good you hear, hear first. I'll report it, it, back. It, it's, th- that cigar has a, de- a depth to it that, that, that you will immediately feel, taste, the whole, the whole experience is completely different. And so so the way you're talking about it is the way that I've heard people talk about it. And that's that's why I was looking for it cuz everyone who has one's like, "Oh, wow." Yeah, it it is not a cigar for the golf course. You, you do not want to smoke. You want to sit, you want to take a puff. You you want to realize what you're smoking. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, in the cigar I think we 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 puff a little harder when we're on the golf course. You, you know, you're pulling, you're a holding. Bit, yeah. 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 That cigar, if you try to take it at, at a Marcos uh, Marco speed, yeah, uh, it's, you, you're gonna die. You throw up a little. Face yeah. turns green. You yeah. pass out. I know. Hey. <coughs> so go. Sorry, Angel. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I agree with Mark. I mean, it really depends on the setting. And I've had some, I've had some really expensive cigars, and it, it's been hit or miss sometimes yeah. with me. So it, it's your taste buds kind of determine what you're really gonna enjoy and what you're not. Um, I think you guys all know I'm a big. Drew Estates guy, and and yeah. I, I I love those cigars, um, like the Feral Pig. It's a great cigar, mm-hmm. and I, I've gotten them for sixteen bucks all the way up to like twenty two bucks when they were really in demand. Um, but I'll put that up against uh, some of these cigars that I've had that are thirty bucks, and honestly, I've enjoyed that more um, than I had some of those thirty dollar cigars. Uh, the price doesn't always dictate the flavors. Sometimes yeah. the price is driven by demand and, and, and the hype behind them. And then when you have it, it really isn't what it's built up to be. Yeah. Um, so I got to agree with you on that. And then I've had some amazing $7, $8 sticks. Yeah. You know, so it really depends. And one thing I really, going back a little bit, that I enjoy about the cigar culture is, I, I mean, I, I get to travel a lot for work. And I, and I tend to sit outside in, in the hotels and have cigars at night. And I've gotten to have great conversations with people that otherwise I would never get get to talk to. And it's always been around a cigar. They'll see me smoking a cigar or I'll see them and we all, instantly there's a conversation going. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's and it's great. It's it's a it's there's a, a bonding that goes on. There's yeah. a, a, a fellowship that goes on amongst the, the, the cigar culture that I really love more than anything else. Yeah. Hey Angel, what's what's the most you've paid for a cigar and what which one was it? Do you remember? Uh the most I can tell you the price, and it was a, um, it was actually uh, an AJ. Um, I just can't remember the label right now, and it was it was thirty six dollars. And for an AJ Fernandez? Yeah, it was like a limited. Pro- I'm trying to remember. It was an anniversary limited production that they put out, and I actually I came across it in Charleston, yeah, on one of my trips to Charleston, and and that cigar shop I told you about. Yeah. Um, and it was, it it was recommended to me by one of the guys there. And it was it was a good cigar. I'm not gonna say it was a bad cigar. It was a really good. It was full flavored. Um, but I'm like, man, this is that much. It's like, 
Yeah. It was like, wow, you know, but I, w- I, don't, I don't know. I guess when you go into that price range, you're expecting so much out of it. Yeah. Yep. That sometimes, you know, you got to clear your mind and forget how yeah. much you're paying for it to really enjoy it the same way and to, yeah. and to get the, the full effect of it. But it was a good cigar, and I smoked it over an hour and a half period. Mm-hmm. Um, over great, again, great conversation with people that I had no I never met them before or anything else. You know, uh, Phil told me that the the gentleman I was sitting with is actually the richest guy in Charleston, uh, insurance uh, agents uh, there, that Phil went to school with his son, I believe. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, again, it's... Phil knows everybody Yeah, he does. It, it, it's amazing. <laughs> Phil's just lived everywhere. <laughs> but it, it was a really good smoke. But it's, yeah. again, was it worth $36? I'm not sure it was. Yeah. But it well, was you were in Charleston, to be fair. It, so yeah. the prices are going to be marked up higher. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. True. Like, yeah. I, I've been, you know, I remember staying at a hotel in Key West, and, um, you know, my options were severely limited. I had, um, this might be informative into my parenting style, but um, I had at least several of my children with me. And, um, you know, we're in the hotel already, so I didn't have any, I couldn't go find a cigar shop. And now, now I know where to have gone in in Key West, uh, Rodriguez Cigars. Yes, sir. But um, I, I bought I bought a cigar at the you know, the the store in the hotel, and that was probably one of the most expensive cigars I've no. ever bought. But I knew that I was not at all paying for what I was getting. I was paying right. for it being in the hotel. But so that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking mm-hmm. about you know costly cigars, not not necessarily yeah. to oh I was you know. It was a desert oasis, and they had one cigar. So. Yeah. What's the what, what's the most expensive cigar you've had, Phil? You've bought, and what was it? How much did you pay for it? <clears throat> Bobby, I'm looking at you because I'm trying to think. We we had the first series Romeo and Juliet Museo, Museum Edition Museo that came out. Yeah, I remember that. That was like 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, I think we paid. I think we paid a little. <laughs> We paid more than $50 a stick for that. What? Yeah. Wow. But I'm going to tell you, I am going to tell you, to this day, I, I've only had two. I've smoked two of them. It was genuinely I, one of the most memorable cigars I've yeah. ever, I've wow. ever had. Okay. Um, that, that, was, that was truly the most expensive. It was an amazing cigar. We, we, we only came by them because of a very generous friend yes. <laughs> who <laughs> bought the box and gave, us, gave Bobby and I a couple of them. Um, but it's interesting that you brought that point up, Mark, because um, in, in my travels, um, I actually I bought the most expensive cigar at Neptune's okay. this past week, and it's an Alec Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited to smoke it. it everybody says it uh, absolutely which, is worth the money. Which one is it? I can't, Marcus. I'm so blind. I can't read it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. So it says, well, I can't read it either. <laughs> I can't even tell if it's Alec Bradley. But anyway, it looks pretty. (laughs) It's a. It is an Alec Bradley. um, It says the Alec Bradley Cigar Company. Then it's got numbered. It's dated. It's hand signed. Phenomenal thing. Um, uh, I I paid thirty seven dollars for it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But that was at Neptune in Miami. At Neptune's, yeah. Okay. And and but but what's interesting is I think I told you about this one. I have a Cuban. Habanos 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of those. Yeah, you can look these up online. They're selling for like a thousand dollars a piece or something. It's, it's re- uh, I wouldn't say that, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's crazy it what crazy. they're selling for. Yeah, um, I haven't smoked it yet. Again, it was a gift. It wasn't anything that I purchased. 
But um, this is the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. It's called Fine and Rare. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They've got a couple different versions of the Fine when are you and Rare. Yeah, okay, so it's in the Fine and Rare family. Right. What's that? When are you going to smoke that? Which one? The Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. I don't know. I'm 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 uh, waiting for some celebration to come along to to maybe maybe down in Nola when we're, we're oh that's a good idea yeah so. yeah yep. it's like hand numbered that's that's I've never yeah. seen that yeah but so, I'm ha- go, go ahead, ahead sorry no no all right I'm happy to see on the list so I threw my hands up number thirteen on the list of top twenty five cigars is the one I'm smoking I've started smoking at home before I came here La oh. Flor Dominicana Double Ligero Chisel that's my go to. That's man. your go to, man. That's yeah. my go to cigar. I have two or three of those in my box. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great yeah, stick. A great stick. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm the same. That's one of my absolute favorites. Um, but I, I had a, an LFD recently, and, and I would say that um, for, for several years, La Flor Dominicana was my favorite brand. I just felt like they could yeah. basically do no wrong. <laughs> but I tried, I, I don't remember which one it was, because one of the two was excellent and one was a big disappointment. They have one, I, I believe. They're in Spanglish. One of them is called the Capitulo Uno, and one is called Chapter Two, or vice versa. One of them uses the word chapter, and one uses the Spanish Capitulo. And uh, one of them was a disappointment. I actually think that the the one I didn't like was Chapter One. Um, and it just like it was the construction, though. It wasn't the flavor. I think they get flavor better than just about anyone else. But uh, Philip, you made the point, and I could not agree more, that a well-constructed cigar made with probably a lesser tobacco is as good, if not better, than a poorly constructed cigar made with, you know, the best seeds and everything. I, I think that's why that Epicadillo goes to the top. I, I, the, the guy knows how to roll cigars. Yeah. Let me, let me throw something in, going off of what Mark said. I think one of the best smokes I've had was the, the ones that you brought me back from your trip to Cuba, that they were very rustic. They were they were almost a cigar. Yes. Yeah. Amazing cigar. You look at it, and it's, I mean, rough as can be, the look of it. Yeah. Um, but it smokes so well, and and it, and it has so much flavor to it. Yeah. So that's those cigars were from Viñales, Valle Viñales, <clears throat> from a a, a family's home that they then we went on a hike through the valley. And there was um, there was this lady who nobody believed she existed when I told them about it later because they went back and couldn't find her. Her name is Yolanda. I don't remember her last name, but she uh, she she does a little presentation for you know tourists coming through of how they roll cigars, and then they have their um, their hot house outside with the boio shack with all the tobacco leaves hanging there, and they cure the leaves old school style, and it, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, beast of burden outside, you know. It's just it's it's as as rural as rustic as you can get, and the cigars were the ugliest little cigars you've ever seen. <laughs> and we we don't know. And I I I, I talked about this with Jack Tarano, and he 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 said, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about, because they they were just but they, they were all made there by the family. And he, he uh, Jack was of the opinion that 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 it was j- we were taken by the uh, taken up in the moment of being in Cuba yeah. and all that stuff. But they were so good, and and basically you bought a bundle of uh, I think it was twenty sticks, and it was yeah yeah it was twenty sticks for about the seventeen bucks, and it w- and they were wrapped in royal palm husk. And that's how they sold it to you. So when I brought him back in, back then you, you couldn't bring in cigars like you can now from Cuba. Uh, 
right angel yes and uh <laughs> and um and um and you know but no nobody thought anything of it when we brought them in because they were just they weren't boxed up so you know you couldn't tell where they were from yes <laughs> philip's lighter looks like a lightsaber it's enormous <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, those are great cigars. Okay, I really, I really want to finish this discussion. Who, Marcos? Your most expensive? My most expensive was uh, in Santiago, Chile. It was my uh, my wife's from there. That's the only reason I, I go there uh, as as often as I do to visit the family. But there's an Habano store there, a Cuban, you know, Habano uh, store. They they're in most country, most other countries, and all they sell are Cuban cigars. And I was looking for something mid-price so i paid 30 some it was 30 and change for a bolivar uh little toro size cigar it was 30 and change <laughs> and i have to admit it was a really good cigar i remember i enjoyed it as well i was like this is probably going to be crap and i sat down i was like no this is actually really good <laughs> i enjoyed it but, thoroughly bobby uh, well, I, mine, I, what I paid for the cigar was because of where I was, uh, similar to Mark's story. was uh, I was in a uh, uh, resort down in Dominican Republic, uh, and I traveled down there without cigars, thinking I was going to the Dominican to be able to buy cigars, you know, right there. Uh, and, uh, uh, and and you can't and you can't. <laughs> uh, so at the at the uh, uh, Casa de Campo, uh, I bought an Opus X uh, for fifty five dollars. Um, it was good, uh, but I was I, I that was my only purchase uh, for the days that I was there, and I was there for the better part of a week. Uh, the next day on the golf course, got paired with a uh, tobacco shop owner from Las Vegas who was doing uh, the tour of the um, facilities in the Dominican. And I was telling the story, and he says, you don't have any cigars? And I said, no, I don't, and I'm really bummed. So out of his golf bag, he pulls out a Ziploc bag with at least 50 cigars in it and handed me 12. <laughs> uh, so I at least was able to uh, enjoy the rest of my trip. Nice. <laughs> nice. Going back to that cigar culture. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's the amazing. A brother of the leaf, they That's call right. it. That's right. B-O-T-L. Yeah. Uh, Angel, did you answer the most expensive? Yes, I did. Okay. What about you, Mark? Mark? Um... You know, I think that when I buy more expensive cigars, I usually buy them as gifts. I actually probably think the most expensive cigar I ever bought, though, was the uh, the Andalusian Bulls I bought. Those are 15 bucks or so. That's a, I think that's about where I've topped out. I love those cigars, yeah, man. They are so good. But what's interesting is, if we run around the table and said, what's the best cigar you've ever had? Definitely wouldn't be the most expensive. No, not at no, all. No, no, no. Agreed. Yeah. No. I mean, there's still the, the, the fabled tale of the cigars that came back from the gas station in the Dominican. Do you remember that? <laughs> the, the the endless bag that Worth had? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. That's right. They, when they it went were, to Haiti. And, yeah, uh, they were phenomenal. Through DR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those were actually really good. I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I have at home that I haven't smoked yet? Well, we'll smoke it on, on, one, of the sh on one of our next episodes. Is um, I have these cigars that um, a friend of ours from Peru sent to me he sent me three of them uh and and uh they're peruvian cigars so i was reading a book uh on the history of tobacco years ago and according to this book haven't verified it but it's 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 got its sources in the book tobacco originated in peru 
Really? Yes. Wow. And made its way th- up through into the Caribbean, into the you know the rest of South America, and into the Caribbean. That makes sense. The, the Indians down there really, they they, they travel. Well, everything down in Peru is amazing. So. Yeah. I'm probably I'm probably going to speculate that Philip and I are the only two of probably primed tobacco. Correct. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where was this? North Carolina. That's what we had to do during the summer. What, what's that? <laughs> Can you uh, fill a brother in? It's it's one of the most disgusting jobs, uh, dirty line. jobs you'll <laughs> ever get, uh, where you're basically uh, cutting the the lower leaves off the stock as it's growing uh, to allow the stock to grow better. Uh, my uncle owned, owned a. All right, Bodie. Yeah, there. Uh, my uncle owned a, a, a farm in, in Waynesville, North Carolina, and, and one summer I went up there and and worked uh, while I was in college. That's the gold leaf, the bright gold leaf. Yeah, great, go, exactly. Bubba. Uh, Listen, give us. Uh, please pardon the dog. Our uh, our, our last member has arrived. He's one of us. He has arrived. <laughs> But but Bobby, yeah, that that uh, the, the story of tobacco's you know getting to market is is really a great one. Um, you know, you 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 grow up in it, and um, the the first job you get is running the sticks, and 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 you make fifty cents an hour. And the second job you get is 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 cropping it. You know, that, that's where you want to be, and you're sitting off the back of the tractor, and you're finally making. Two fifty an hour, but then uh, oh, you the, got paid? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> the, then the, I, did I tell you I worked the for guy my that, uncle? Yeah, <laughs> the guy that's priming it, who sits in the hottest part of the, you know, sits up in the top of the shack. I mean, he's make he's making five, six, ten bucks an hour. I mean, he it, it really, it's where you want to be. But it is a, at the end of the day, you cannot get the gum. There, off your there hands. is not enough kerosene no. in the world to get <laughs> that gook off of your really? hands and body. Because it gets everywhere. Well, on behalf of cigar lovers everywhere, thank you for your service. <laughs> for your hard work. <clears throat> you know, it. there's another cigar on here that I think we actually have on the table. I'm not sure, but it's the mon- the number 10 cigar is the Monte Cristo Nicaragua Series Robusto. We have uh, oh. we have the Robusto and we have a Figurado. So we got to light up one of those. Uh, maybe we'll give one to Matt. So I, I would like to, to, I don't want to step on the, the, the list, but I would like to talk about the cigar I'm finishing right now. Um, I was at an event tonight, uh, and it, it was a, kind of a corporate event, and they were, you know, impressing their customers, of which I'm one. And they had uh, dancing ladies, and they had, it was on a yacht, and they had a cigar roller. And... I'm very uh, wary of the cigar rollers. I feel like I've been to a lot of events where they have them, and they're usually okay cigars. But I never actually think that they're actually rolling the cigars there. I think that they usually bring most of them with them, and they just they kind of sit there and fiddle with a tobacco leaf to, to kind of make Oh, yeah, they look definitely authentic. do that, yeah. So, and that's, that's how it felt. And I, I had one right when the guy kind of opened up his little table tonight, but it was a long event, and I finished that cigar. And uh, I didn't want to, you know, be empty-handed. So I walked back over there, and he was completely out of the, the his stash. And so I watched. He, he opened up his press. He had two presses there. Uh, 
you know, on his table, and he opened up one, and there were, like, the filler was all pressed, and then he put the wrapper on. I watched him put yeah. the wrapper on the cigar that I'm smoking, and he, you know, I watched him put the cap on and everything, and uh, it, was, it was neat to watch if you've never had the opportunity. Looks like it's burning well. I have no idea There's how to say his there, name. Um, his name is, <laughs> all right, this is where you know you're in Miami. This guy, this gentleman's name is Yoexi Quintanilla. Yoexi is spelled Y-O-E-X-I, okay? Because that's that's probably the most one of the most awesome Cuban names I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Y and the X. When you got an X in your name and it's not Max, uh, yeah, because Max yeah. is kind of yeah, it's a cool name, but this is like kind of like a Cuban Max, I guess, right? So, yeah. Yeah. so the company's name Cigars Love Show. Um, which just you know, hot ham water like it's cigars just cigars love show. <laughs> look at it. So you know, I I guess all the names that made sense were taken. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I will say hey, it's, it's a fine cigar. I'm, I'm having this. This is my second one from the night, and it's it's phenomenal. So well, we got uh, we're, we are now six. Matt Ma- joined us. Machu. Finally, Hello, what's going on, gentlemen? Not much, man. We're just uh, gabbing about these cigars and get before we start divvying up the booty. It's qu- quite a booty haul. So, yeah. so Philip has a question. We've gone around the table with this. So, Matt, you're, the, you're the last one here. First of all, uh, what, what are you smoking, Matt? <laughs> to be honest, you hand me something awesome, and I can't see in the dark. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's like the rest of It's a Cohiba, though. You're, I you're smoking a Bahike. A Bahike. Oh, wow. I thought I saw the, the emblem on the... Yeah. Thank you so much. So the question of the night, Matt, has been... what. What's the most expensive cigar you've actually purchased and smoked? That I actually purchased? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's the real question. <laughs> you see, me and the Lord, we have an understanding. <laughs> I will tell you that, uh, yeah, the, two, the most expensive cigars I've ever smoked, one was an Arturo Fuente Opus Opus X. A, ah. that was a gift from our friend Juan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came. It comes in its own casket, which is nice because that's where you're going to be. <laughs> uh, I was in grad school at the time, and I had a giant book I had to read, and I went out to the pool and I smoked that cigar. And it was fantastic. I do not remember the book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I will never forget the cigar and then the first Cohiba I had. But I do not not spend a lot of money on sticks. I probably, I'm very modest. What's your average cost per cigar? Uh, well, you know, uh, Angel's are one that turned me on to the to what you guys affectionately refer to as the German U-boat, <laughs> uh, which is the uh, Asylum 13 Ogre. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, and those those are uh, at our favorite shop, Neptune Cigars. Neptune Cigars. Neptune Cigars, brought to you by uh, giving Matt free cigars since. Uh, those are ten bucks a stick. I mean, that's a great. I mean, and that's a two-hour. That's a good smoke. That's a two-day cigar. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a commitment. You buy that cigar here. I think. I think that cigar is about the same size as Philip's lighter. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait, wait. So, so Matt, I'm just. Okay. Wait, I'm so glad you said lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact, that Bahica that you're smoking was rolled in Havana in 2014. You know by who? Yoexi Quintanilla. There you go. Yeah, that's that's. I like how you brought that all back. Like they just just brought it. It's like you can finish your set now and go. But but, but then Matt, the question that followed up is, was the most expensive one the best one you've ever smoked? 
That Opus Opus X was pretty amazing. Pretty mind-blowing. But in general, the, the, the more expensive I've spent, not necessarily. Yeah. Marcus, I still do. I, mean, I got to plug our buddy down in Key West, Rod- Rodriguez. Oh. That yeah. cigar that he gave us out of the... Not, you, you could not buy it. He was yeah. curing it at the time. It's to this day, I think one of the best cigars I've ever smoked. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm looking forward to smoking those again. I don't even know what they're called, but when we when we get it, we're gonna find. <laughs> we're gonna talk it up on the show for sure. You know what was an awesome cigar, and Jack gave it to us was the um, the Amazon. That's a good. Oh cigar. yeah, yeah. That was a great. That cigar. was a good cigar. That was a good smoke. It, it, it was more of a full-bodied cigar. But it was such a great smoke, and it went down so easy. It, Those are in demand, I believe, yes. too. Yeah, you can't get a hold of them nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a limited production, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's hard as hell to find. But man, what a great smoke! Yeah, this the uh, anaconda is it called? Anaconda. Yeah, yes. anaconda. Isn't it? No. Really? It's got like the the, the tail wrapped around it. Yes. Right. It's like Phillips lighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is it doesn't want none, hun. If you ain't got. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was that was something entirely different. So I'm smoking, transitioning to the Apecarillo. Uh, I'm smoking the Encore now, and it's very smooth. It's burning very evenly. Uh, I had one the other day, by the way, and I was hesitant to, to light this one up because I don't know what happened. That, that one might have been a one-off. I wasn't too impressed with it. This one is really good. Really enjoying it. Just like you said, very smooth, what you get, what, subtle. What, what notes are you getting, Mark? I'm getting notes of bullshit and, um, and okay, uh, okay. Tivana Starbucks because there's a cup in front of me. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let me ask a, a question because I, 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 we're... Our tastes are very diverse here. Everybody here has a, a, their own taste that they flow yeah. to. But as far as rolls, like I, I, I tend to really enjoy the box presses a lot. Oh, yeah, me too. What, what do you guys uh, like as far as the style of roll that you, you get? Because uh, I know some people like the torpedoes. Some people like... Boo on the box cut. <laughs> I love the box press. I, cigar, I do man. too. Box yeah. presses. Uh, if if I if it's like one blend, and my choice is a torpedo or a box press or a, you know, a, a toro or a box press, I'm gonna get the box press one. What, what do you? Uh, uh, my question, to you guys, is what are you getting out of the 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 box press? That what is what is special about it to you? I don't know. I just I you know what I think. Well, like the one I mentioned earlier that I found at the house the other day was a little box press toro. That little cigar, it, it I like the way I like the way it feels in my hand. It's I, I don't know what it is. Like a, it's it's uh, I, I like I guess I like the angles on it. <laughs> I don't know. And, and then and as far as why it smokes so nice for me, I, I can't explain it. I just I just love the way it smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do the lightsaber. There it is. I concur with the fact that the way you hold it, 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 it feels in your hand, the box press. Yeah. And I think also just the burn on it. Yeah. It, 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 it's different than you get on other cigars. Yeah. So I recently had these these cigars that I have not seen in Miami. I bought it at the the amazing Corona Cigar in Orlando, the one on the specifically the one on um, uh, Salt no, Salt Lake Drive, I think it's called, or something like that, up in Orlando. Have you guys been there? Mm-mm, no. Okay, Philip's been there. Yes. You've I been to that one. That place is amazing. 
amazing. Yes, it's amazing, amazing. So anyway, I bought. They had these cigars that were made by the Menendez family. Uh, I don't know I, uh, who. Uh, uh, fine this is the ben, the Benji Menendez and uh, his father, who uh, or uh, they owned. I they, they killed um, their father. They owned <laughs> no, 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 no. That's another. That's the other Menendez. different those Menendez those family. Those are the cousins. It's the Lyle and nobody got the, my shotgun yeah. <laughs> The Menendez family actually owned at one, right before the revolution. They owned the H. Upman line, and I believe they owned the Monte Cristo line. Uh, they they were they were the ones who owned those lines, and then the revolution happened, and everything was taken away anyway they released uh, an old label called particulares um and i haven't seen them in miami but i bought a box of it up there because i loved the fact that they 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 packaged it to look like it originally was packaged um and what what i what was explained to me by one of the gentlemen at corona is that uh, it's it's actually the he according to this gentleman I haven't I haven't researched it the, this, these were the original box press cigars because what they did this family that made the particulares in the late 1800s is they and this was under still under Spain so these were Spaniards who were rolling them uh, they 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 rolled the cigars and they they set them in the box but they rolled them a little fatter and then they sealed the box and let the box press the cigars huh. so when when the consumer opened it they got a, a box press cigar it was interesting and there and by the way i really enjoy it it's a spicy cigar it's, it's good it's it, good it, you it, shared it, one yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's I, I haven't seen it around though it's so, but if you if, if you're out there and you're and you find a particulares i i highly recommend it i i think for me as far as the box press <laughs> it honestly is a it's not a a logical or, or a, you know, a, an objective uh, reason why I like it. I actually think, if if I'm being really honest with myself, it's. I think one of the first cigars I really liked was it was around the time when, um, not Jack Tarano, but um, when we did the event. Who, 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 which was the Tarano that came and spoke? Um, Charlie. Char- oh, Charlie. Charlie yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. When when he came and spoke, we had the. Um, you know, an event, and he came and, and talked that was about. The church, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was the church. at the church. Yeah. Yeah, at the church when we had the cigar. Yeah. You know, when we used to do cigar events at the church. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but but at that time, I think the cigar I was really. It was when I was first starting to enjoy cigars, and the one that I had, and I was like, oh wow, that's better than than other ones I've had. It was um, the box press. Um, uh, the oh the uh, the Exodus, Exodus yeah. 1959 yeah oh, that's one of and my favorites yeah yeah it was it just I don't know unfortunately they canceled the entire line did they yeah I knew I knew there was yeah. uh, upheaval a little bit and yeah yeah so I bought uh, a last handful of the Exodus 1959 that was such a good blend the yeah. other day and also little known fact and it's it's funny because i talked to jack afterwards and he didn't understand he 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 acted like he didn't know that i had done this because i told him on my last trip to cuba in 20 uh, last year i took a box of exodus 1959 cigars and we smoked them the whole time we were there on the patio of the house that we were staying at saying a lot of nice things about the Cuban government. <laughs> and, um, and it was a great time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite cigar Exodus. facts. It's like, yeah, you can take cigars internationally. You know, we took yeah. cigars to Cuba. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I have a new question. How did you get started smoking cigars? 
Oh. What got you into smoking cigars? Well, since you're looking at me. It was a woman, Bobby. It's always a woman. <laughs> no, not in my story. My story was um, uh, I, I first... My my my, grandf- my dad told me how he used to work for H. Upman in Cuba. That was his first job over there. See, we really shouldn't open with this. And then... Because my story is so much shorter and it's going to suck after yours. My grandfather... <laughs> and we're just going to keep plowing. Cuban my should go last. For real, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> would roll cigars on his front porch <laughs> off of Corway. Which is true, he would. He would roll cigars on his front porch. So my dad would tell me all these stories about cigars, cigars, but he didn't smoke them, and neither did my grandfather. Um, but then uh, I, I basically got into it. Stop yawning, Philip. And uh, <laughs> when I, what, my first cigar of choice, believe it or not, was a Swisher Sweet. But then, again, no, I think you believe it, because I think that's pretty much everybody's first cigar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, that was a have a tampa. Have, or have a tampon. No, yeah. Mine was a, a Pepe from a cafeteria. Yeah, the ones you get under the, in the yeah, little, little boxes under the glass cigars, window. Yeah. Which is a horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I never would have smoked a cigar if it wasn't for the A team. <laughs> <laughs> not my grandfather, not my great grandfather. I just genuinely love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bobby? Well, mine is actually a fraternity brother at the University of Georgia uh, uh, was a cigar smoker. And yes, before that, I'd had a have a tampo or a Swisher Sweet, but, you know, that was a kind of a one-off deal. But um, we had a tobacco shop in, in Athens, Georgia, uh, that uh, uh, sold Macanudo Seconds. Mm. And we got, well, he his humidor was a... A gallon-sized mayonnaise jar that he bought those little uh, <laughs> Boveda bo- bags. Well, back in back yeah. in the Stone Ages when I was in college, uh, they didn't have Bovedas, uh, but it was like a little uh, uh, pill that you put in there that was a moisturizer. So we would buy bundles of these Macanudo seconds and smoke them all the time, uh, and it was great. You know, it was just that great experience. And he was known to chew on the tobacco of those cigars as well because he was a tobacco. He, he did just about every imaginable tobacco you could think of uh, uh, chewing and or smoking. Uh, but he loved chewing for some reason on the cigars, tobacco, hmm. which I always found interesting. So, so what was the, was there a brand? Macanudo Seconds. It was, it was the the Macanudo? Yeah, the Macanudo Segundos. Marcos, your first one was some hand-rolled... Swisher Sweet. No, but... but <laughs> The, Which one? Your your granddad. Would, I mean, oh, really, I didn't smoke the, his cigars. I was four. Phil. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just chewed on them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I have another. I have another. I have another cheap brand. My actually first ones were Dutch Masters. Not oh, nice. That might be a step below. Backwoods. You guys ever had Backwoods? Gas station cigars. What about you, Angel? Uh, like I said, I think the first one I that I can remember was one of those little cafeteria paper cigars. And the whole story behind that was my family grew tobacco in Cuba. So I'd hear all these stories about my grandmother and our great-grandmother that used to roll the cigars for the family. Um, which was funny in itself because she was blind. But she'd, um, she would roll the cigars for the family and she'd put them in these little barrels. And after the season... Everybody got their little barrel, and that was those were for the family. So I'd hear these stories from my cousins and, and elders in the family. 
So I got curious one day, and I was in high school, and I and I bought a cigar at the cafeteria, and like I said, a horrible experience. Um, don't recommend them. Uh, really nasty uh, flavor and aftertaste to it. Tasted it for like three days, but I think the first real good cigar I had was actually a gift from a friend of mine at graduation um, from university, which was a Romeo and Juliet uh, Capulet. And it that really mm-hmm. is what started turning me on to the cigars. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so I remembered it was Hoya Monterey Excaliburs. Oh, was what I started with, and then I moved from Hoya Monterey's to uh, Romeo and Juliet's. That was kind of my progression. Hoya Monterey is a great cigar. I really enjoy that one, and and I think uh, AJ Fernandez did, yeah, Oil de, de la Amistad. I think yeah, it was Amistad, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. When was the? Uh, I was down in Mexico with a girl. Yeah, and uh, really, I, I wanted to impress her. We're going and, there. Uh, the, the Tiama, the old Tiama, the, oh, the, the, man, the yeah. red label Tiama, and uh, I. I was down in Mexico, yes, the, the whole environment thing, you know, sitting in this old La Bufadora Mexican town. Drinking a cold beer and I, I lit up a cigar and, and and I was like, wow, I really like this and I look cool. <laughs> um, and and then it would interestingly enough, I it was the first box I ever bought because it was ridiculously cheap. I bought a box of Tayamas, I brought them back. But what I remember, and Bobby, you're going to remember this cigar. I bought this enormous, like, like I, I think it was literally like nine or ten inch cigar. I smoked it the day I got married. Oh, I remember that. You cigar. remember? And I went into yeah. the house. I got and I had bought that cigar twenty. <laughs> He's telling a story about Mexico. <laughs> that was old Mexico. Old Mexico. Old Mexico. Hear the music. And La Bufadora. <laughs> the good, the bad, that was and awesome. the ugly. Um, that's, that's what we yeah, so I, I carried this cigar for almost like, like 10 or 15 years. I carried wow. this cigar around until I, I smoked the I got married. It was you huge. You could have put it down. <laughs> <laughs> was it good after being in your wallet that old time? <laughs> it's a little mad. Ash, but you know, I put it no. the only place I could. <laughs> but so, Philip, you said something earlier about a cigar at a special occasion. We all have that one cigar in our humidor that that is sitting there. I have a uh, Monte Cristo A series, which is a nine-inch, forty-eight gauge cigar that was bought in Cuba back in the seventies. That was given to me by a friend in the seventies. So is that, is that, in is that the like 70s. a double Churchill? I mean, what is that? It's a, it's a, it's <laughs> well, they call it the A series because it's it's a very rare length cigar, uh, and and I actually have two of them, and he gave them to me, and and because he quit smoking, uh, friends are great friends when they quit smoking, uh, uh, and quit drinking too. Yeah, it's the best. Well, uh, that's another story, uh, but that's one of those ones that you know it's like a grandbaby, you know, being born, yeah. you know, type cigar that I'm holding on to for dear life to to uh, uh, cherish it. So, so what's the verdict on like a 35 year old cigar? 
Well, I read an article the other day. It's interesting. They they, they were talking about how long can you store a cigar in your humidor. Uh, and the truth is, is if you keep your humidor conditioned properly, uh, they will last. They're going to lose their luster just like wines lose their luster over time. Uh, but if you store them right, they will last. Um, uh, so I'm guessing that this one will probably be half of what it was, mm-hmm. you know, when it was originally made. Uh, but just the, the thought of, of knowing the story of how it was, was purchased and, and, and then given to me uh, is going to make it that much more special. Yeah, yeah. You Cigars know. do tell the story. Yeah. You, I mean, you, we all can remember the, the box of 1967 Monte Cristos that, yeah. that were given to... Given oh, yeah, to I remember those, yeah. I still have one of those. I mean, I yeah. got one left. I... They nothing happened to those cigars. They were pretty. Dead. Those yeah. are sitting in a garage in Miami yeah. with all the you know heat and humidity, and I guess they maintained because that guy didn't store them either. He didn't have them in a humidor. He just well, Marcos, I gave you the cigar the other night. Uh, a friend of mine uh, quit smoking uh, again, That's and he right. had a box of yeah. Cohiba robustos that he bought uh, many years ago in in Cuba. Yeah, and um, he it was the the label was still uh, secure on the box yep. and and. And I just happened to be at his house for dinner one night, and I said, when, when did you get these? And he, whatever year it was, and I'm like, you know, they've been sitting out, so they're, they've got to be dried out or something like that. And, and he asked the question, he says, well, can you fix them, rehydrate them? And I said, yeah, it's going to take a while. So I put them in the bottom of my humidor. Uh, and then rotated them around over time uh, to, you know, and they have been in my humidor. I have three humidors, by the way. Uh, um, and uh, for a year before I smoked one, and I gave you that one. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was still a pretty good cigar. It was. It was. It was. You could tell that there was age to it. That had it had it wasn't you know a rich new you know fairly new tobacco, but it was it was it was a good smoke. It was pleasurable. And those that Philip's talking about too from nineteen yeah. su- supposedly from nineteen sixty seven or something like that. Yeah, I saw um, one of the other things that Corona Cigars has that's interesting in all their stores in Orlando is they have they always have a case. And they have pre-revolutionary cigars, and they sell them. I think I think the ones that I saw the other day were Monte Cristos, and they were cue the music. They were they were rolled when my father worked in Havana at the H. Upman. Store. Now that's a story. Yes, and um, uh, so they were actually pre-revolutionary cigars, and they were I think they sell them for like six hundred dollars a stick or something like that. I, I think yeah. I, you we talked about that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, because that was there's a store that has them. I think there's even yes. one in New York that has <laughs> the same uh, thing. They've got all those pre-revolutionary uh, cigars uh, that they're selling for uh, uh, King's ransom. What what what's the big the big place in Naples? The big cigar lounge. There? Oh, that's that's uh, Marcus Daniels, uh, the tobacconist in off of Fifth. Well, they I mean they've got pre-revolutionary cigars there. They got Henry Clay's. They say are from the 1940s, and he has them there. Oh yeah. I yeah. Mean, and they were like some some of them. Oh were wait, wait! You're talking about the the Rocky Patel Rocky Burn. Patel store, right, the right, right, Burn the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't the, remember Marcus having those. With yeah, the Rocky big them, yeah. crystal bar. Yeah, that's that in insane there. Yeah, it's, cigar yeah. lounge. Yeah, and they, I mean they're charging thousand. They're thousand dollars a stick or something. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, just to throw back to our friend in Tampa, Marcus. What's his name? Daniels. Marcus Daniels. In Naples? Naples, Naples. Um, I actually got to connect with an old student of mine 
who was in Naples, and I drove out just to see him. And we went to his because we had just seen him here. Yeah, yeah. And I went to his shop. And was I he had, there when you went? No, he wasn't there when I went. But we no, he was there. He was. I got to say hi to him. But I got to have that. Uh, and this is this kind of falls in the category of special occasion. But just that was the first cigar I got to have with that student. That's cool. And he he loved every minute of it. And we're talking. I was like, you know, what would you like? He goes, oh, I want this. I want that. Whatever. So I got him a cigar. And then I found out he actually had never smoked a cigar before. Oh. <laughs> he kind of bluffed his way through it. I'm like, it's okay that you don't know. This is yeah. great. And so that's um, something that I really, really love the is the opportunities to, like, have a first cigar with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or their first cigar with you. Like, you know, especially as students get older. And it's just, that's actually a neat memory that I'll have with yeah. that particular student at that particular place. Even though it was the wrong one at first, it was the right one for me. And Marcus has such a amazing little shop there, man. He's got, he's got a, I mean, that, that place is so, I mean, I, I feel, I feel at home there when I go smoke a cigar there. Well, Mar- Mar- yeah, Mar- I mean, you really just, dis- you discovered that place for us all. And then we, I think we've all mm-hmm. exodus or taken travels down there to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, know, it's really a great little shop and the location couldn't be better right off of Fifth Street. There. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I'm in Naples, I tend to stop off there and I pick up one or two. He's got his, his cigars. They're just rolled so nicely, and, and the blends are so great. Yeah, yeah. He rolls his own stuff too. Yeah. He's got his own line. He's got the Bartolome Maso. The, um, the then he's got the uh, he. But he is expensive though. Yeah, I forget oh, yes. the names because I haven't been there in a while. But he's I, the Bartolome Maso is the one that sticks out. That's the one I would purchase because it was the right price. <laughs> Wait, which what's the one with the horseshoe on it? The That's the one I can't. Uh, it's a bit bit of gosh. I love that. That was a great that was, cigar. Really I can't remember cigar. the that name of it. A, that one was about like seventeen dollars. Uh, Bidwell or something. Bidwell. Bidwell. Yeah. Bidwell. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And when I first smoked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this up again. Uh, These a, a cigar has this uh, this I think it's called plume on it or something or or something like that. That's a, a it looks like mold, but it's not. Right. It's, it's a sugar. yeah. It's a naturally occurring uh, thing that happens with the leaves. And I had the bidwell with the the plume on it, and it was a really good cigar. Mm. It's probably not called plume, but <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> I think, I think it is. It is. I, think I think it is, it is. though. I okay, think it is. Plume. Yeah, I think okay. it's called plume, and it's just it's just the the reaction of, of the tobacco uh, and the sugars in the tobacco that huh. that uh, uh, create that little. Which is rare. I, I I've never I've never uh, that was the only one I've had. I've I've smoked other ones that I thought had plume and they were moldy. So you yeah. probably got a little <laughs> penicillin with the cigar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, could you uh, cue the lightsaber as Angel's actually going to light? The 1967-ish Monte oh Cristo. <clears throat> oh, you found one. I had one left, and Angel did. Angel didn't get one, so. And the whole cigar has been consumed by. The <laughs> 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 wow, that was a good smoke. The sound effect you should hear is the Christmas tree going up. <laughs> By the way, that Carrillo, I basically smoked it down to a nub where it's, what, maybe half an inch left of it? No, yeah. no you burned your lip, man. Sorry. <laughs> All right, who's going to smoke that Montecristo Nicaragua Series Robusto? I uh, just uh, lit up a Monte Cristo Open Eagle. That's a very ah, nice You gave one of those nice to cigar. me this weekend, and I was pretty darn impressed. <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Well, I actually mark. took the first cigar out of the cigar booty hall because I didn't have another one, but I, I started the Perdomo Sorry. small batch. 
2005, and it's quite a nice, enjoyable. I oh. love Perdomo. It's a great cigar. I love no, the, the taste. I really like. I think you get, we were talking about uh, box cut or, or what? What do you like? And I think for me, the the shape is irrelevant. I do. I do. I kind of open. I don't have a preference or, but I do prefer milder cigars. Um, I really like Perdomos. Uh, the Champagne yes. mm. is great. I can smoke like twelve of those a day. Um, it's the Champagne of cigars. It's the Champagne of cigars. Yes. But going back to that a little bit, like I think. And we've discussed this before, but I'll just reiterate. Because uh, it seems to be like a mystery to you, Phil, why anybody would like the box cut. Box press. Box press, box press See, sorry. I, I, I call it box cut, too. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cigars are a very tactile experience, and I think that's just a different experience. Holding, some, you know, holding the square press cigar... Can either have a nice feel or not have a nice feel. I don't think it does anything for the burn or the, uh, and I think that's okay. I think that's, but I think that's what it is. You know, some people like to hold certain pistols because they like the way they feel in their hand. I think that's just what it is with a with the box press. Speaking of holding something special, Marcos has turned into a dilettante. Finally, <laughs> tactile thing in my hand. I'm holding a bottle of Weller Antique 107 Ooh, that doggy. brought out, and I just dumped whatever was in my glass in the pool so I could pour some of this. Get this swill out of my face. Oh, man. This is good stuff. I haven't had this in a long time. Since New Orleans, probably. So have yeah. we talked about... Nolens. Nolens. We haven't yet, but wait, I want to hear. Okay, so Sorry. Angel's smoking a cigar that's what? probably purportedly from the 1960s. So well, tell yeah, us what you oh, think. Hold, hold on. <laughs> it looks like it is. Here's the story. So, <laughs> so the story goes: my 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 daughter's boyfriend wanted to impress me, and so he he knew I like cigars. So he comes over one day, just on Sunday afternoon, with a a a um, humidor, and and it's full of cigars. And I'm like, well, well, I don't know what to say. And he says, Well, he says, my 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 we went, we were going through my grandfather's garage, and there was this you know humidor with this box of cigars, you know, with this full of cigars, and and uh, my dad doesn't smoke, I don't smoke, and so he, he said, Look, you know, my 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 girlfriend's dad likes to smoke cigars. He says, Yeah, take them. And so then he proceeds to ask. His grandfather says, well, well Granny, when, when did you stop smoking cigars? And he says, oh, you know, I stopped in, in 1967, 66, 67. And he says, these have been sitting in my garage ever since. <laughs> oh. And and so that's that's the, the, the sort of history behind these cigars. Unfortunately, they've all been smoked. They were very good. <laughs> I think everybody at the table, maybe save Mark, didn't get one. I think, Matt, I know you got one. Yes, you did, because you were at my house. And uh, Bobby and Marcus did. But now Angel's got it. So go ahead, Angel. Give us well, a rundown. Taking a look at it, it's definitely a little beat up. But right off the bat, very smooth. It's a really cool smoke. Um, you get that aged flavor out of it. Um, you get that nice... I don't know. It's an earthy flavor to it. It's nice. It, it really is nice and smooth. Um, there, it's a, the drag is a little stiff on it, but that's. I think that comes from because of the age. But it's a great little smoke. It's it's not a big cigar. It's 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 a little sweetness to it. And if I, I'm not wrong. There was some some nice cedar to it. I thought too. Yeah. Right. Some. Yeah, there you get some. Wood. Yeah, you get a little woody, earthy flavor out of it. <laughs> but <laughs> edit that out. 
but it, but it does have a great flavor to it. Um, like I said, the drag is a little stiff on it. Um, I think that just comes from from the age of it. But <laughs> it's hard to keep straight train of thought around the word, these people. Quit using the word hard, and we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Stiff and woody over there, bud. Yeah, I know. Well, I forgot who I'm with. But it really is is it's a very excellent cigar. I appreciate you sharing this with me. This is great. I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you've ever given me a bad cigar. And I think that's the beauty of cigars is is we enjoy and and it seems to be a common thing amongst all of us here is is whenever we get together, we're always giving a cigar because we yeah, share that's right. yeah. uh, it's it's a love, it's a passion, but we always want to share our experiences and 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 it I can honestly say that you know over the last 10, 15 years, especially the last 15 years that I've known you, Philip, uh, it has been about the friendship and the bond and the camaraderie that we get to sitting around, smoking a cigar, telling stories with whether we're playing music from Good, Bad, and the Ugly or or <laughs> otherwise. Uh, it's just an enjoyable time where friends get together to experience something that is you know, it's it's a nirvana. It is just an enjoyable evening of good cigars, good whiskey, and good friendship. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Bobby, your first cigar you ever gave me, a Partiga number... Number four. Number four. That's right. Bobby had um, uh, a bunch of Partiga number fours, and he said... He, you didn't have a place, a, a real good place to, to store them at the time because you were moving. Yep. And um, you said, hey, these need need to get rehumidified. So we we put them in a, uh, a uh, humidor in my garage, currently where we're sitting now. and Not, not in my garage, but at this house. And uh, we let them sit there for a while, and they, they it was the first gift you ever gave me. Man. It was a, a good gift. And that's the beauty of, of friendship and cigars. Well, and this whole podcast is just a thinly veiled excuse for us to enjoy those things. <laughs> yes, it is. It's honestly like no one's sweating our, our uh, subscription rate. Like we're, this is, yeah. we're just documenting our friendship. That's all we're really doing. Go, going Amen. back for a second, the, one of the, the question was asked, like what, the oldest cigar and stuff. The I had a cigar that my uncle had given me when he came from Cuba, and it was a Monte Cristo Churchill. And I probably kept that cigar for about 15 years um, before I finally got around to smoking it. And again, special occasion. Uh, when I finally smoked it was the day after my son was born, when we, or actually the, the day we brought him home that night. Um, that was the first time. And I remember sitting out in the, in the back of my house in Georgia with the biggest grin on my face, um, looking through the window, looking at my, my son and enjoying this cigar. And it was a, such a great experience smoking that cigar and thinking about the story that my uncle I had brought the cigar from Cuba, and I carried it around for so long. Um, again, it was like this. It was a little weathered. Um, you know, he's passed on now, but it, it was that, that just that memory uh, yeah. of where it came from. And I think that only added to the enjoyment of it. I want to bring it full circle because we, we started talking about uh, the Booty Hall and, and why we uh, do this. And one of the things that we do in the Booty Hall is we always bring a bottle of something special oh, yeah. to share. Yeah. And it was a year or two ago uh, that we were sitting in, in the same table uh, uh, sharing cigars and divvying up all the cigars that we bought. Well, Angel brought a bottle of Bobetto rum that was a gift to his father way back 
So we're sitting there looking at this and, you know, the labels and, and, you know, everything. And we figured out the tax stamps and that the bottle was, you know, it was a 45-plus-year-old bottle of rum. Yes, it was, yeah. And we were like, no, we can't open it. It's too special. Well, we opened it. Of course, the court disintegrated because <laughs> it had been it. sitting upright in the closet. Which was proof that this thing was in uh, was 45 years old. Exactly. Cor- I've never seen a cork on a distilled bottle crack we, like that. We had these beautiful snifters that we poured it into, and that first sip of that rum was the epiphany of wow yeah uh with a great cigar uh and great friendship and and you know this whole evolution of smoking cigars enjoying and imbibing and being uh good friends is ultimately what this is all about yes all all you guys out there that have your twenty five hundred dollar bottle of pappy remember there is a time to open it yeah. Before you die. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's it. We're going to divvy up the spoils here in a little bit. Check our Instagram. You'll see the pictures of the booty hall. Yeah. Pictures of the lightsaber. Pictures of Angel Stiff Woody. <laughs> 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 and um, wait, <laughs> I said that wrong. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Replay, take one. <laughs> this is this is not an episode to uh, for your children to hear. <laughs> this is a free flowing conversation that sometimes touches on mature subjects. So, so these are this is the exiled South podcast at Victor. And what we're going to be doing in the next, uh, you're going to hear a lot in the next few episodes, uh, a lot of New Orleans. Because uh, some of us at this table, unfortunately, Mark can't join us. Uh, but he'll be uh, he'll be camping with his family. I'll be camping. That's with right. All, all of my children and my wife. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. <laughs> you sound um, ecstatic. Super. <laughs> we, the rest of us, will be heading to New Orleans for the the third annual third Bourbon annual. Fest, Nola Bourbon Fest, which we uh, some a few of us were able to go last year, and we had an amazing time. So so much so that we're going again this year, and we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, doing some some episodes uh, about the Bourbon Fest and about New. New Orleans and New Orleans being part of the exiled South and we're gonna delve into that a little further that that theme over there with our friends uh, in in the city uh, uh, what are they called Crescent City and uh, we're gonna it's gonna be a really good time I don't know if the recordings gonna be are gonna be good but we're gonna have a fantastic time that's right that's right so thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you on the next one in NOLA Hello.